Good evening, and thank you for coming tonight. I'm really thrilled to uh, have you at the preview to Gail Albert Halliban out my window. We'll start with a conversation here and then take questions from you. But to get started, I was hoping you would give us a sense of how you got interested in art. I mean, I know you went to art school uh, at Yale and after you graduated from Brown, but tell us a little bit about what drew you to photography and to art. So I should say my mother's here tonight, and it's really all her fault that I do this. Um, For my first grade science fair, she helped me make a pinhole camera. And ever since then, we always had a dark room in our house. So it it was photography that led me to art. But I never really thought of it as something I would do my whole life except for fun and I was pre-med in college and after college I worked at a pediatric psychiatric hospital and I was planning on being a pediatrician and my job at the hospital was fascinating. I filmed families interacting at meal times or play times and then I coded for signs of mental illness by looking at the filming and I loved the filming. It was so much more exciting than the research end of it. And I realized the value of photography, that it was telling us so much about these intimate relationships. So I decided on a whim I would apply to art school instead of medical school. And if I got in, I only wanted to go to Yale. Um, and if I got in, I would go. And somehow I got in. So... <laughs> But I still, I actually teach in a medical school now. I teach art to physicians. So it all comes full circle. That's great. And you mentioned the human relationships and the um, intimacy. And in your earlier work, which was about families and and motherhood, I, I see a connection between that work and this work that may not be sort of obvious at first glance, but how, how do you describe the connections between your earlier work and this body of work? My pictures look very different now than they used to, but I feel like my work has always been about the same thing. I'm really interested in seeing how people interact and revealing that with a photograph. Um, so I think my I think a photograph succeeds insofar as it describes something very specific. And so all of my work before this have been very specific groups of people. Um, and I went in almost with a microscope and studied the relationships between the people. And then that brought me to an understanding of bigger relationships. So so I was looking at these families, but then I was realizing my work was talking about much bigger ideas. I stepped back and I started to look at the context more, but then within the context, I'm still looking at the same intimate relationships. Like the people in this picture could be people in my earlier work, um, but I'm just putting them in a larger architectural urban context. So with the background that you mentioned, you studied sort of psychiatric medicine and um, pediatricians. Do you then find yourself interpreting particular gestures or sort of inventing relationships the subjects may or may not be aware of? 
I don't think I invent the relationships so much as I reveal the relationships right. that are there. Like I ask neighbors to tell me what they see in their neighbors' windows, and that's when I'm photographing and recreating. Right. So I'm building on a reality, and I do think that does come back to my sort of scientific approach where I do start with reality. So it's like you start with an empirical approach yeah. and then kind of add on to it. Have you found that the process of connecting the neighbors with each other has changed over the time you've worked on this project? Or Absolutely. Um, so I started this project when my daughter turned one, and my daughter's back there, and she's 14 now. Um, and my neighbor across the way had um, sent me balloons and flowers to wish me a happy birthday on her first birthday, and I just had never met them, and I thought it was this really strange idea that they had reached out to me. And so I started to ask other people, what's your relationship with your neighbors across the window? And I had just moved to New York, and so many people in New York were completely willing to go meet their neighbor across the way. Absolutely. And then uh, she was born in 2004. By 2005, 2006, people um, started to use a little more social media and email and it was just easier to connect with people. So in the New York project, I left notes on people's doors or left notes with doormen. Then I could use Facebook to connect as the project evolved. And then people were writing me on Facebook and asking to be in the project. And it really took off in this way that people wanted to socially network. And then recently, so I've done this all over the world. Everybody's been interested. Nobody had ever said no. And then for tonight... We needed to find a window to shoot into, and I reached out on Facebook, which has always been 100% effective, and nobody got back to me, and I feel like it was really hard to find somebody, and I feel like part of it is we're so saturated now with connecting with people in some way that it's people are a little bit more resistant to it, uh, but I did find Find somebody. And then how um, earlier during the docent tour uh, or the docent training, you were talking about um, people in different parts of the world and how their willingness to participate or their sort of relationship to the project and you're asking or just the different relationships among neighbors. And can you talk a little well, bit about so that? So the project started in New York. And in New Yorkers, we completely want to be on stage. We're totally happy to be looked at and... People, I feel like, do things in front of their window to be seen. And there's been a big change in the architecture in New York where there's all these glass houses. And it's crazy in New York. Everybody was totally into this idea. And then I was invited by Le Monde to do it in Paris. And at first, I kind of didn't want to do it. I'm like, I'm, I'm done with this. Why would I go to Paris? Um, but the photo editor of Le Monde said, come um, in 10 days and shoot 10 pictures and I'll make a portfolio. And I started to write everybody I knew in Paris, which I realized was a good number of people. They all said no. Absolutely everybody's like, no, the tax man will get to us if you tax our stuff. Or um, that's really gauche to go meet a neighbor. Like, oh, never do it. But the photo editor of Le Monde, who's actually in that picture, the second one from me, um, on the right side on the phone, she reached out to five friends. And we were able to get those five friends to meet their neighbors. And then she made a billboard of the project during Perry Photo. And 
then people started writing me, and everybody was like, this is really cool, and the Parisians will do anything cool. Um, and so then the Paris book totally took off, and I immediately realized it was a whole project. Then I was invited to Istanbul to do the project, and there people were very nervous about meeting their neighbors. They were willing to let me photograph from their homes, but they wouldn't go ask the neighbor. So I would have to go do that. And then everybody was really warm and open once they made that connection. They all like served us tea, and everybody really enjoyed the process. In Buenos Aires, um, people the reaction was really strange. Like, everybody was willing to help me, but they were very nervous about what they were revealing. Like, there are no pictures with children in my Buenos Aires work because everybody didn't want their children to be revealed. And there's a big history of surveillance in the culture there, and I think people are very nervous about it. They were really nice and wanting to help an outsider do this project, but they weren't totally comfortable. But then I was invited to Italy, um, and that completely changed my life because Italians um, are so incredibly interested in who their neighbors are. They have these long, intricate stories of who they are. They're really wanting, they're craving connection with each other. Um, so I went to Rome about a year ago, and I thought I was just going to go photograph Rome. But then I was invited to Milan, and then I was invited to Venice, and then Palermo. So I'm doing a book now with Aperture of all the Italian series because everybody there was so incredibly open. So it was kind of back to New York, um, but a little more authentic, I think, than New York even. <clears throat> Plus the projects fostered a love story that is ending in marriage. Oh, yeah. My assistant um, met his girlfriend through, look, I had to go ask him to have her move um, for, to make the perfect picture, and he went and asked this girl to move, and instantly they fell in love. Like, by that afternoon, she was coming to my shoot and helping me, and they now left each other's side in a year. I think that's amazing. See what happens when you connect in person? Exactly. So some of these works have audio um, bits that go with them, and one of them is a narrative that was inspired by the stories you heard um, of the neighbors. So can you tell me how that started to happen, when when you realized that was part of a proje- the project? Because I know you always talk to the neighbors and said, what do you imagine? Yeah, you know? so... I, as a docents who are here, know I love the stories of what is happening in the windows. Um, and every single picture, a neighbor has told me what they imagined who their neighbor was before I photograph and before they meet. And But I never realized that was really part of the project. It was just something I liked to do. I was really interested in it. And then um, I began to work with Darlene Kaplan and Steve Zuckerman, who are here, um, theater producer, director, and we're taking the stories that the neighbors have imagined, that I've reimagined, and having um, playwrights sort of reimagine what they see through the windows, and each one will be a 15 to 30 minute scene of what, um, if you start with a picture as the starting point, um, where does it lead you? I know you talk to the neighbors about each other, so you know the real stories. Does this idea of sort of narratives about other people um, sort of 
enter or how does it change the way you look at your own pictures or other people's pictures? Because I, I feel like photography invites us to fantasize stories to go with it. They almost invite narrative. And I was wondering, knowing the real stories, how that... So I realize the real stories don't matter that much to me. Um, that the fictional stories give you the same sense of connection with your neighbor. So if I look into your window... I have a relationship with you that's a really intimate, important relationship that it doesn't matter who you really are when I meet you. And so I have found, and the stories reflect that, that the imagined story is much more important than um, the actual story. And I feel like that's why fiction is an important, such an important thing. Stories connect us, and reality is kind of rough right now so like to have um to have a way to imagine is really important it helps us connect too because we invent our own logic and the world doesn't actually have that much logic (laughs) (laughs) it's much easier if we think of it so then um some some of you may not have noticed the two works over here they're a different size and they were made in a different way I wanted to have you talk about how that started and um, what's been different about that experience for you um, compared to uh, the other work that you've done in this series. Okay, so my son is here tonight, as you see, with his sling on his shoulder. And as other mothers of boys will know, the boys go to emergency rooms often, um, a little too often. And so I was supposed to go to Holland to photograph and do a shoot in Holland. And he had some, one of the dozen things that he's had in his life. And he was in the emergency room and I couldn't go to Holland to do the shoot. And I really wanted to do it because the shoot was in Utrecht, Holland, where I had been an exchange student when I was 15 years old and really wanted to go. I realized, like, he's in the hospital and there are monitors on him and the doctors are on different floors. And they could monitor him from far away. Why couldn't I do my shoot from far away? Um, So I had my assistant in Holland connect his camera to his computer And I operated it remotely using Capture One software, which um, allows you to change the focus, f-stop, and shutter speed on the software. And I realized I could go places that I would never have an opportunity to go without actually going. The project's been really interesting. It's been a great way of trying to figure out if the project would work somewhere. For example, there's one in Seoul where I've been trying to meet people to do it. And it's been really hard. Um, so I could have assistants help me figure out if it would work there and see what it looks like. The process is really different, though. I love doing it, and it's a great opportunity to see the world. But there is nothing like that actual face-to-face connection. Like, I love to actually go. Um, but it's been an interesting way to connect with people without being able to go. Mm-hmm. In terms of the photographs, do you think they turn out differently? Because they, they definitely turn out differently. First of all, the I the camera I use, I absolutely love. So the New York pictures here are on my four by five film camera, but everything else is on this camera called a Phase One. It's a digital back um, that I love and just has incredible amounts of detail. As you'll see, the first picture 
the one in Venice, and the second picture is a detail from that actual frame. And it's just the resolution is amazing that I can be across the canal and photograph. So often the, the, the assistants don't have that camera. They have um, usually um, 35 millimeter. And also it's somebody else's framing. So I tell them move left, move right, move up and down, show me where on my view. Um, but there is a sense of the physical space that I can't get unless I'm there. But I've been amazed how many people, the, the people I work with usually have written me that they like my work and want to be part of it. So they've studied the picture. So they're, they are kind of amazing how close they are to my work. Is there going to be another phase of this project? That's always a terrifying thing when you have a show on the wall is like, what's next? Um, but I am finishing the book on Italy right now. I am working on the play or the theatrical part. Um, I still want to go to African Asia more. I haven't done that much for the project yet. So African Asia, a big part. And then I also want to go... So I was really in tight with people then I went back and the new work is very grand architectural scale I kind of want to go back in and do more theatrically inspired um, gestures and poses so that the narratives within the pictures are a little more complicated it's funny I thought this project was over like 10 years ago and I'm still doing it and I think there's a new phase like I think it's going to keep going do you think you'll keep the sort of facilitating connections among people who are physically close but maybe don't know each other at all? I feel like, to me, that's the most interesting part about the work is, I mean, I love making photographs. I love what they look like formally, light, light color. All that's important to me. But what is incredibly exciting to me is people actually reclaiming that face-to-face connection. The woman who's on the cover my book in Paris ended up going on a yoga retreat with another person in my picture that she met through the project so those connections become really meaningful and I feel like we just don't get that many opportunities to do that Um, and I just I love I love being invited into somebody's home and then meeting somebody else and um, like I was just in um, Naples and I saw somebody in a window, and I ran over and asked if I could photograph. And not only did I ask if, not only did they say yes, but then the neighbors came over, and we all ended up having dessert together. And it was that was just so much better than just taking a picture. Like that was just so. Well, fun. I feel like we're living in a society where we take a picture and then we don't think about it anymore. It's almost like we shorten the the time of a picture and what is to me different about your work is that it lengthens sort of the meaning and the timing of a picture so in order to make these there's a lot of conversation that goes into it there's a lot of setup the people have to meet each other they have to talk to each other there's it becomes a whole part of everyone who's participating's life yeah, absolutely. Uh, so instead of sort of what what I don't know, maybe you all think more about your your Facebook pictures than I do or your Instagram, but I I tend to be like, okay, I got it, and then I go on with my life. And but this is more like participating in society, right? Exactly. In a way. 
Yeah, I mean, I actually barely use Instagram. I'm terrible about it. Like, I know photographers are supposed to self-promote, but I don't use it. I really like that long process. The, there's a picture in the other room that's the cover of my New York book that it took, like, six months to coordinate. I had to write letters to all the people in the building. It, I didn't have emails. I didn't even have their actual names. I knew what elevator bank they were. And write letters to get everybody to agree and I got I think there's six floors agreeing and then we had to schedule it New Yorkers are really busy so it was months and months of work and people really did make real connections with each other after that they all they all do really know their neighbors and I thought that was funny I know so as a curator I'm looking at like look at the beautiful color of the light and did you specifically pick this time of day and I love that you pointed out that that was the only time <laughs> that was, that the, was only the only time, time all those people in those windows could do that. And so it turned out to be this beautiful, like gray, blue, rich color that is a very specific time of day. But that was sort of a happy accident. <laughs> but I think that's what's so fun about photography is I think so often the mistakes and the accidents are what make it such a fun medium. And I love um, I love Bernice Abbott, and I love at the Museum of the City of New York, you can go through her journals and understand how she scheduled things very specifically, knowing what lights would be on where and where the light would be coming. I love that idea. It's not possible for this project, and I love the fact that taking the risk of shooting at a time that I don't think is going to work almost it's almost never failed. Like usually I discover something else, like putting myself in that difficult situation where the light isn't right actually ends up working out really well. Is there any, um, anything else you want to say before I open it to the audience to ask questions? No, anyone have questions? (laughs) So thank you.